0: Uh-huh. 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 yeah, sunshine, what a day, let's take a walk now. Tim Howard, Tim, the Belgium game ended three years ago, we need you to save the ball now. Jeff Pamren, clean it up or let's get someone who will. Clint Dempsey, yeah, you're a national team legend. Now we need you to be a national team leader. Michael Bradley, the US does not need you to be zen. The US needs you to play better. Josie Altidore, is this really as good as it gets? Because it's still not good enough. Bruce Arena, Bruce, Jurgen Klinsmann lost at home to Mexico. You lost at home to Costa Rica. This is now all on you, not Jurgen. Oh, and by the way, to all the guys that I didn't mention it because you don't even warrant to mention. That includes you too, Wonderboy. So, what are you guys going to do? You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? You are a soccer generation that has been given everything. You are a soccer generation who is on the verge of squandering everything. So, now it's time to pay it back. Make us believe again. You don't owe it to yourselves. You owe it to us.
1: Sasha, the U.S. men's national team. They had one job and one job only. You didn't even have to win. You just had to tie to make the World Cup. And they just let America down. I feel like you have a lot to say about this.
2: I've been thinking about it a bit. I'm wondering if it has to do with our president of the United States and them just not wanting to play for our country. Because <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You're just going to go
1: right into it, right? Why,
2: the, why not? <laughs>
1: I have no comment on that. This man. You know I have no comment. Which way or the other? Why do you feel like it's President Donald Trump's fault?
2: Because you have one of the most talented squads on planet Earth, and you can't even qualify for the world's biggest, most important sport tournament ever. It is hands down watched by a bigger audience than anything we do as human beings collectively and for you not to have the passion the heart the attention to detail is shameful
1: who said they didn't have the passion in the heart maybe they just messed
2: up that l they took (laughs) the l's they've been taking all summer long like when the united states men's national team came to salt lake city i was lucky enough to get to work that game their head coach looked like a mafia member he was donned out in adidas sweatpants adidas sweatpants shirts it That's was, what you look like right now. He was gold chain, too.
1: <laughs> Minus the gold chain. You just don't have a gold chain His on. His
2: hair was slicked back. It, it, it was a joke. It was like, this is a 70-year-old man getting a suit and tie.
1: You got your afro slicked back.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it about me, Brittany Johnson.
1: <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring in our guest, Please. Joey Braxton. Artist Joey Braxton. See what you think about this.
3: Yes, yes. Well, um, I really feel that the U.S. soccer team... Is more of a, a unifying um, organization, you know. It represents our nation, and it's a way to talk to different people, different countries in the world, you know. Um, in 2010, I was on a cruise ship during the World Cup, and I'm watching the World Cup on the cruise ship, and I was like, wow, soccer is bigger than America, you know. I mean, got, I, mean I think we tied a game, but it was just so gravity. People were coming together, and our past president was all about that team, you know into the pop culture, I feel that our team should be, you know, it should be the face of sports, American sports, and our president should back it.
2: The World Cup is much like the Olympics. Yes, there's the gravitas of the spectacle, but it's also about geopolitical positioning. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why China and Russia fanned out and spent billions of dollars and synchronized their whole Open is to make a statement. And when you're supposed to be a world power like America, you have to represent. Yeah. It, it, you give them steroids if you have to. And just it, it's a perfect representation of what's going on in this country where we're a bunch of front runners.
1: So you're just perfectly okay with giving people steroids just so they can win. Is that what America is all about?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for the, no, uh, for the Olympics and World Cup because everyone's doing it.
1: Kids, don't go home and take steroids. Don't listen to Sasha and do drugs.
2: That shark testosterone's good.
1: Oh, my God. You know what? Let's go ahead and learn more about who Joey Braxton is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about the steroids and all that. Joey Braxton, my man, who are you? Hey, hey. Um, well,
3: I'm a, just a, I'm a big sports enthusiast, big sports fan, entrepreneur. I say I'm like a sports rapper with the swag, you know?
1: You are an interesting guy, I will tell you that. I just, I like your swag and everything. Thank it looks you. expensive, though. Thank
3: you. It's just straight from the uh, thrift stores, you know, um, Savers in Utah, Desert Industries, you know. shouts of to Goodwill.
1: Yo, what aisle are those down? Because whenever I go down the certain aisles in Savers and Desert Industries, I don't see anything that you wear.
3: Yeah, there's a certain time you got to go. You got to go, like, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, after all the people donate their stuff on the weekend. After a bad loss.
2: yeah,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like BYU gear everywhere. Oh, yeah. You should be able to get that
1: Monday through Sunday. Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) Yes, you can. Yes, you can.
1: So how did you get your start? And I mean, you're very great at branding yourself. Yes. How did that all come about?
3: Um, It came when I was in college. I was looking for an internship. I was studying political science. And, you know, my professor was like, hey, uh," you know, um, Def Jam is having um, some – internships. I applied I got one I didn't want to do. It. I don't want to be the the coffee giver, you know? And then there was this um Bad Boy South. Uh they had a branch in Atlanta and I was able to uh, intern with them and get full hands-on experience. This is around 2012 when Instagram starting to get hot. So they're like, "Hey, we don't understand Instagram works, but we need you to help some of our artists with branding." So I learned how to brand brand other people through Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and all that stuff. And I just applied what I learned from these different corporations, how to brand myself.
1: What social sites do you think are a must-have for people looking to stand out and brand themselves?
3: Oh, um, I would say you definitely need to tap into uh, Facebook. You know, in some pockets of America, it's dead, but in some pockets, it's not dead. So don't think that that Facebook brand is dead. Um, Instagram for sure, Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, Pinterest. I would say get on every platform that you can if it fits your brand. But
1: you know? what are you, you post certain things, right? Only yes. on like Instagram, yes. on Twitter. Explain a lot of that and what you do for yourself. Like what do you post on Instagram that you don't post on Twitter? Oh,
3: um, well, I guess on Instagram, I have a huge following of people that are fans of my Fashion. So it started off, my first fans were people that were fans of my fashion and of my job when I was a publicist. I worked for the record labels. And then when I moved to Utah, I gained a lot of people because I was wearing BYU gear, Utah gear, Utah jazz gear. And I built a following from that. So my whole page is like, you know, I want to cater to who my following is, but like post what they want to see. But that's kind of cool. And they want to gravitate to it.
1: But how do you post what your audience wants to see when you have such a big
3: audience? Um, a lot of times it's just trial and error. You know, like, I have a huge, uh, I have a huge conservative following, um, and I'm not going to post anything offensive. You know, I have some people that are there, they go to BYU, and I want to make sure, like, if I post, like, inspirational thing or just regular thing, it's not going to be, like, offensive. You know, I'm very cautious of what I post and what I don't post.
1: How do you make it so that things are balanced? Like you don't want to, or is your your music career yeah. hotter than your where you are in fashion? Is one yeah. higher than the other? Do you want them balanced? What do you, yeah. where do you foresee this going?
3: Um, I just see it as uh, a balance because I use the music to brand my fashion, to brand myself, to brand where I live, where I travel to as an outlet. And then again, I use, you know, the fashion and sports to brand my music so i, I want to have it all branded together but my vision is i want to be able to um you know be able to have like a i would say a brand that you know can go corporate
1: what's a sports rapper and can that go corporate
3: uh, a sports rapper to me is uh is just someone that just incorporates music so sports sports fashion into the music, whether it's punchlines, whatever. Like a uh, prime example, like I grew up on Cameron, Fabulous, Jay Z. And where's your
1: pink mink coat? Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need, I need to get a pink mink coat. I need to get one. <laughs> and uh, just
3: the, you know, the the witty lines like that. And my whole thing is, you know, I, I just want to make songs that certain people can relate to. It could be a small population, but if they like it, then I'm happy.
2: So do you have to pay to play for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? So I've noticed, because I own a podcast network, and so I've noticed that Facebook, Twitter, especially those two, the more you tweet about your product that you're trying to get out, they start restricting who, you know, so let's say you've got 34,000 followers on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're, what I'm told, what I understand is that if you're not paying them to advertise, you're going to, out of that 34000 if you put up a picture and say, hey, get my new single, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to reach 3,000 people, and they're going to block your access to your actual real uh, clientele or people mm-hmm. that follow you. And so you have to start paying them, and the more you pay them, the more they unlock so that it shows up in everyone's timeline. Do you deal with that? Have you experienced that?
3: Um, I actually started observing that i know how it worked in the twitter aspect but i never really got into that aspect and i just got put on the whole instagram the ads the sponsored stuff like advertisement and um i've done it on facebook for some events and i've just seen the reach get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger
2: so you do have to stay you do have to play to participate um from a business perspective uh
3: yeah you do i feel that if you want to be around with the big fish with the big boys with the big girls you're gonna have to, um, you know, do what they're not doing. So, prime example in Utah, I feel that so many people, so many artists, so many brands are using Facebook, Twitter ads. However, in Atlanta, the urban community has not understood that route yet. You know, they're building their fans organically. Okay. So I'm seeing out here, people are very savvy when it comes to technology. So I'm trying to catch up to that trend because yeah. they're on top of the trend. You know, I'm used to the trend where you post, 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 hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. That's Atlanta. But that's not Utah. That's not L.A. You know, that's not suburban middle America. Because middle America, if they see an ad, they're going to graft to that ad if it appeals to them. So
2: if I'm posting a football photo mm-hmm. on my Instagram page, do I use hashtag Utes, hashtag Utah? Or yeah. even though the Salt Lake audience isn't going to, go on their search menu and do hashtag Utah or is, am I missing that?
3: Um, well for me, I would say, so I like to use hashtags just because I built a following off of hashtags. So how Instagram worked before it was, um, 30 hashtags and people, 30? There, there was no algorithm. Okay. So people looked at hashtags. Yeah. You know, now you can get lost in the algorithm with the hashtag. So my goal is whenever I post, I hope that my post, is a top post in that hashtag. So Whenever I post, I'm always in the top in Utah, SLC, Boise, you know. So the B-Y- more
2: has- hashtags on your photo, the better opportunity it is for it to get out there.
3: Right. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, it could work and it can't work. Like, if people that follow you aren't really gravitating to what you're, like, if, if I'm hashtagging New York City, but it doesn't really New York City, it, it could get, like, you know, kind of lost in translation. Lost in the sauce. Yeah, lost in the sauce. <laughs> but out here, I've, I've met so many different people via, of course, social media in different parts of the um, the nation because of my hashtags. So I'm mm. like, okay, I'm on to something, you know?
2: It's interesting how that works.
3: Yeah.
1: So what came first? Was it your music or was it the fashion idea, everything that you're doing with yeah. fashion?
3: Uh, it was the fashion uh like, when I was interning, you know, with these record labels, they were like, yo, like, you should start getting into fashion. They always liked my fashion. I was like, eh, you know. And I was in a studio one day with a couple artists. They are like, yo, like, you should start rapping. I'm like, nah, I'm not
1: trying to do that. I'm not trying to
3: do that. But they're like, you know, there'll be a time when you're going to want to do it.
1: So you can just be, you're more than one thing, and you yeah. have more than one lane.
3: Exactly. So
1: why do you feel that's so important? And... It's kind of, I want to know why you want to be like John Denver or why you want to model things after him.
3: Um, Well, like, I want to be like the John Denver of hip hop just because John Denver was someone who, wherever he went, you know, he wrote about it and um, he showcased that to the world. Like, my thing is, I love traveling. I love seeing different cities and I love sports. And each different college town, I was in Missoula last week, and seeing, like, you know, University of Montana, I was like, whoa, this is history right here. They have two national championships, of uh, D1, AA. And my whole goal is just, uh, you know, I want to embrace the little things that most people might not even recognize. You know, like Utah Utes, it's big out here, but it's not really that big in New York. Mm. You yeah. know, But if I'm living somewhere, I want to, articulate and showcase you know the fashion you know the the teams the music the lifestyle the culture because from atlanta i've never seen mountains you know i've never seen ski jackets and i don't know um beer like you know beer beer not like you know clean cut i was like wow it's a different style you know and i just feel that with music and with fashion you can show support to wherever you're at and help put it on
1: You see more man buns out here than you do like (laughs) Atlanta. But how do you think or how do you feel or do you even feel that moving to places like you're from Atlanta, Mm. you said, but now you're in Idaho, you're in Boise, you lived out here in Utah. How do you feel like all of that has influenced your music and your fashion?
3: Uh, It's influenced my music, my fashion and my outlook on life because, you know, in, in music, it makes me feel that, okay, you know, you have to figure out what your lane is and what your path is and i was like all right you know what i've always liked sports always like fashion let me just rap about that and you know if it, if it's a small niche then i'm cool with that small niche you know but i can have a huge following in the masses in that one group dynamic um as a person i just feel it it has helped me become very cultured you know because there's some things i've never seen but you know like, I was at the airport one day in Dallas. I was wearing a Utah Ute jacket, a uh, sweater, and a guy came up to me and was like, hey, I, I like the Utes. You know, <laughs> so I just saw that, how large this is. Yeah. You know, and it diversifies, you know, your outlook on life.
1: What were some of the things, first of all, why did you move to Utah? And then what are some of the things you heard um, about Utah that you got in here? And you were like, oh, that is true. That's not true.
3: Well, um. So why Utah? Basically, when I was living in Atlanta, and you know, I was doing a lot of, uh, I was a publicist, and I just got burnt out being in that life because, you know, I was working with artists, and when you're doing PR in Atlanta, to break records, if you're a hip-hop artist, you break them in a strip club.
1: It's I'm, a grind.
3: It's a grind. So I'm in a strip club with my clients five times a week. I was like, this is cool, but this is not, like, the life I want to live. You know, nothing against that life. I knew I didn't want to live that life. So I was like, it became regular, regular to me. And I was just objectifying, you know, women, women, women. I was like, this isn't me. I need to go somewhere I could just detox from all of this. I was looking at Denver. I looked at, like, top places to live, happiest people when Denver came up, Utah, Provo, Utah came up. I'm moving to Provo, Utah. Mom's like you're crazy. That's like you're crazy.
2: From strip joints to pro.
3: Yeah, bro. yeah. And I I knew about pro Damn you wild out, I huh? Know, yeah. right?
1: You must be real burnt out. Yeah, I was burnt out. I knew
3: about Utah from a historical standpoint, you know. Like I knew about, you know, um, you know, the Brigham Young trail and uh, you know, um Ogden, you know, the explorer and all that stuff. But I knew about of course the sports, BYU and uh Utah, but that's all I knew. My friends were like, why are you going out there? Like, it's just, it's just white people. It's just Mormons, you know? And I was like, well, hey, you know, I'll see it for what it is. If I like it, I'll stay for three months. If not, I'll renew my contract. You light skin though. You can fit in. It, it, it <laughs> I could, but, I, and I can't, you know, it's because, um, you know, coming from Atlanta, being around di- a lot of diversity, I, I realized yeah. that coming, I went to Provo, Utah, so I was like, whoa, I, I was not used to, very friendly Caucasian people to someone that does not look like them. Yeah. Like, hey, how are you? I was like, <laughs> like, do you not, like, because I'm from the South, and it's different. Here, it made me break that mindset that I had in terms of that was, like, I don't know, ingrained in me. I was like, wow, okay, not everyone is a racist who's Caucasian, you know? So it was great seeing that out here. And doing different things I would never do, like I don't know, um, hiking and going to different sporting events, going to uh, seeing families and people want to get married because it shows that in Atlanta, women don't get married till like twenty nine, men thirty one. It's like they want to get up their career first and they want to settle down.
1: Hold up, hold up, that ain't by choice though. And y'all by choice. men need to get y'all stuff
3: together, <laughs> you know. But out here, it was refreshing to see that. Wow, like I mean. I'm not saying I would do that path, but seeing that someone wants to start having a family at a 2022, that's refreshing. I'm not used to seeing it.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you build together.
3: Yeah, exactly. So I saw that, you know, you can build, you know, your, you and your spouse, you guys can build each other up, you know, like I'm going to support you. You can support me and let's ride, let's ride it out. So it was great seeing that out here. And my friends are like, I don't, like I don't get it. And I said, you got to see it. I'm not saying it's going to impact. It's going to give you the same, Peace, but it gave me that same piece the mountains
2: i grew up in southern california in the in the 90s and i it didn't matter if you're black white latino there you couldn't wear a raiders jersey you couldn't wear a king's jersey Mm -hmm. you you could kind of get away with a lakers jersey in certain parts of town
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i find it odd especially in the rocky mountains that everyone's so willing to root for two baseball teams root for three college sports Mm -hmm. teams root for, you know, multiple NBA teams. Have you ever found problems just freely wearing different colors and different fan bases?
3: Oh, yeah. I've definitely uh, seen it out here um, because I'm a fan of sports and the history, and, like, if I like the logo, I like the logo. And, you know – I understand that we have like the UGA Georgia Tech rivalry, like Mm. it's like that, but it's not like oh, you know, you can't wear that here, yada yada yada. It's not like when it comes to sports, there's a deep rivalry, yeah, you know. But here, it's more than sports. When it's the Y versus the U, and or
2: Boise State versus Utah, yeah, Boise State versus BYU,
3: yeah, BSU versus BYU. Like I see, it's more than just the, the rivalries, more than just the game, and you know, like. I could wear BYU in some uh places. And they're like, yo, like, why are you wearing that? But they're kind of curious. You know, like I was on set in LA, you know, like I was doing an interview like with um B Real TV. It's like, you know, ran by um B Real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Cypress Hill. And I'm wearing a BYU jacket on set. And he's like, yo, I, that's Utah, right? I'm like, yeah, he's like. I never met anyone that's gonna rep that, but you rock it. So like it was able to enlighten them. It's a
1: conversation starter. Yeah. And it's a way to open up to a new audience yeah. and teach someone about something.
3: Yeah. So it's it's bold. I I still get some like, oh, you know, you can't rip the red and rip the black or the blue. And I'm and like I'm like, well, my thing is like that's your rivalry, but I like both their histories. Mm. You know, it could be any sports team, you know, like. In, in Georgia, you got UGA and you got the Yellow Jackets. Doesn't mean it's like, you know, you can't re- respect what the team's history is. You know, would
2: you go to a Utah football a Holy War game wearing a BYU hat in Utah, or vice versa? Is like, or is there respect the boundaries? There, there, well? There's there's a boundary. There's yeah. a boundary.
3: You know, um, because I'm not trying to be uh, I'm trying to be more like partisan. I'm trying to be nonpartisan with it. Sure. Whereas, like, I mean, yeah, I'll go to a Y game, you know, and I'll support the Y if it's, like, you know, whatever. But Ute, same thing, but, like, I'm not going to go to a U game at the Holy War. Okay. You know? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure this out.
2: Yeah. So a second ago you said you like logos. Yeah. Right? So my idea is that Washington State University has the best logo in sport. What are your favorites for both of you?
1: Yeah, Brittany, what's your go favorite? Go ahead. You already know my favorite.
2: No. No.
1: <laughs> the Lakers.
2: They don't have a logo. Yes, they do. What's their logo?
1: Lakers. L and A. Lakers. That's okay. Dodgers. No, but they have the thing. It's Lakers. It's L, A, and then Lakers. That's a name. So? It's still a logo? Yeah. All right. That's their logo. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. The Lakers name is their logo. It's a bad That's logo. their logo. It's Lakers. L. The big A right here, and then curves. That's their logo.
2: Okay, I I hear you.
1: Thank you.
3: How about you, sir? I would say uh, some of my favorite logos are like the minor league hockey teams. Yeah, you know, I, I I was exposed to those out here. Like I love the Orlando Solar Solar Bears and the Utah <laughs> Grizzlies. I mean, because it's so like I'm so I'm used to seeing like all these, you know, NBA whatever. Yeah. But my favorite NBA logo is like 1972. Pistol Pete, Atlanta Hawks, neon green, okay. blue. I was like, okay, that's so 80, 70s. I like it, you know? And um, I love the old school, um, like, those college logos that have, like, the mascot in it. Like, the, like the Oregon Disney D- duck, yeah. Donald Duck. Yeah. Like, that was the logo of Donald Duck. <laughs> no, I never, Mighty like, Ducks. It's like, wow, it's, it's just cool to see that. You know? Do you ever,
1: with the logos, do you ever feel like you have to kind of play it safe just because, like, all the stuff, everyone's kind of sensitive nowadays, you know? You have the logos that mm-hmm. people say offend people, so do you try to stay away or from that kind of State stuff? Or Arizona State
2: being a gang, you know, affiliation. You know, I was wearing an Arizona State beanie, and someone walked out and was like, you know what that means? I was like, yeah, I know what it means, but I'm a fat kid, like, I'm not a gangbanger, you know? It's like...
3: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I feel that there's some logos that... I'm not going to wear, you know, um, like, like one logo I will wear, but it's still offensive. Like I like the original, like, you know, like the Utah Utes logo, like, you know, um, but I don't believe in using the, you know, using a, a logo to like, you know, represent a certain group of people in a, you know, negative way. But like, if you're going back to going back to sports history, like these were logos that were made during that time. Like, Indians, they've had a logo for, I don't even know, like, 80-plus years or 70-plus years. And, but yeah. there's a
2: lot of racism on top of yeah, that Chief yeah. Wahoo yeah. or whatever it there's is. there's a
3: lot. And to, to do the flip side of it, um, like, there's certain logos that don't have any affiliation that people understand what that logo means be, because of what they resonate with. Like, prime example, like, the Atlanta Falcons logo. People are Atlanta Falcon fans in Atlanta, but there was a time when that logo represented the Confederacy. Yeah, because you go to a game and people are wearing the flags, and this is Atlanta, which is predominantly African American. So there are certain teams who were like, "Ooh, like Old Miss, yeah, U- UNLV, NLV. Old Miss, like, yeah." And those were tight logos, yeah. like Old Miss and yeah. like yeah, and it, and that's the thing. Like in the South, it's like UGA it's like, yeah, like, that's the flagship school, but. Not everyone is going to align with the Bulldogs, even if they are Georgia, because of what that represents, historically. Yeah. Do you feel like...
2: Oh, because they were dog catchers, or they, they catch slaves, right? Is that, is that...
3: No, just um, The vibes that they associate with UGA, because UGA is kind of like... It's like North Georgia, like a huge college town, and Georgia Tech is like in Atlanta. So it's kind of like the, and it's a technical school too. Yeah, and it's but like for the city slickers. So it's okay. the whole thing like, if you in the south, you want to be near a city. You don't want to be out in those
1: out parts ow. where they're really where you're that only kind of person that looks like that. Yes, uh, it's gonna be a bad day. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like though, if you wear one of these logos, that you're supporting something, or do you just like you said, Sasha, you had on the? Uh, Arizona, the Sun Devils <laughs> stuff, do you feel like you wearing that? You open yourself up to people saying, that's what you support, that's yeah, who oh you yeah. are?
3: Yeah, I see it a lot with BYU. People say, oh, you know, you support Mormonism, you support this. You know, I'm like, hey, like, I support that team and those people because they always tr- oh, been nice to me, you know, just because you haven't met them or you might have a certain, uh, you know, whatever you – Feel it's like that's your opinion, but same thing with the Utah. People think Utah, the Utes, is just a just a Mormon team, you know. And I'm like, like do they do they even drink at at Utah? Do they even drink in Utah? I was like, alcohol is legal, you know. So it's kind of like it's frustrating because people don't understand. They feel uh, most of the sports world is very ignorant or oblivious, mm. where they feel that um oh I didn't know that certain, that they had, oh, they had black people that play at BYU. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, did you, like, I don't understand why you would think that. And, you know, when I wear BYU in particular, I get a lot of flack because they've, they they don't align with that. But I'm like,
1: I like the logo, I like the fashion, and I'm neutral with it. So what songs and what made you write songs while you were here in Utah? You have some about the running youths, the yeah. jazz. Mm-hmm. BYU, what made you kind of go to that kind of level with your music?
3: Yeah. Um, well, my dad always taught me to wherever you live, you know, just always, like, support the sports teams. Like, my dad's from New York, always hardcore Mets, Jets, Knicks, man. Oh,
1: Knicks. Sorry. Yeah, like, Sorry, Dad.
3: Hardcore. And, you know, he was in Navy in San Diego. He took me to like, Padres games, Chargers games. He's like, yo, you know, always support the local team if you're going to live there you know and utah i was living in, in provo at the time and i was just i was just rapping freestyling for fun and i gained a huge following cuz i was rapping like in my courtyard and one person then five then 10 then 12 then 30 people would show up i'm like okay now i have a crowd but i wasn't trying to do that mm. um and i've always like incorporated like i love thrifting thrift stores and when you go to when you thrift a lot you'll find regional stuff in the thrift stores so I'm like okay oh that's cool that BYU oh that Utah State that Utah Utes and I just put it in my rats because I love sports history like like Utah like BYU like I love Danny Ainge you know his game watching the highlights of him in college game winner against um Notre Dame you know Steve Young you know and then um Utah I love Keith Van Horn um Andre Miller, Jazz, I love Carl Malone. I was like, I want to incorporate these into my music. You know, like, going to, back to that John Dever approach. I'm here. I was living there at that time. I love these things. Let me put that into my music. So, which one came first? What came first was uh, OG Malone came first. It was a thing where, you know, Carl Malone, he's from the South, and I'm from the South, and he was in Utah. I'm like, wow, I'm in Utah. I'm, and I always. He's my favorite NBA player, and I'm like, wow, I'm living in this state that he used to play for, you know. And it it was thing where like, you know, it was one of the things like, wow, like you know, I wonder how he felt coming from there, going to Utah in the '80s, way different than going to Utah right now, in yeah,
1: the,
3: in the in the in the '2000s. So I wrote that one first, and um, I wrote running with my Utes and. Danny Ainge the same day. You know, the same day I was like, my friend sent me some beats and I was like, all right, I'm feeling this type of way. And I wrote them, you know?
1: That's dope. And I think those have been like your biggest ones, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. like Your most successful tracks? Yeah, they have. And I wasn't even trying to, I had no, honestly, I had no uh, vision. I had no like goal with each of the songs. I know where they were going to take me, Mm -hmm. you know? And like O.G. Malone, Came out. I just dropped it, and then Carl Malone's wife Kay tweeted it, um, messaged me, "Hey, let's let's talk." And then Carl Malone tweeted it, and then it just you know just grew from there.
1: Yeah, you've been all over like local media outlets. Yeah, um, you know, and everyone's picked up your songs. Everybody's played them. Yeah. Uh you seem to be loved by everyone.
3: I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, it's just. It's, it's a grind. It's a lot of consistency. And, you know, um, when I made all those songs, I just felt that, okay, give me two years of, doing, of this song. I'll be ready to put it out and repackage it. Like, running with my youths. I made that in 2015 because I knew that two years later would be the 20th anniversary of the Final Four run. Two years later, Utah wants me to make a song for them to commemorate this whole year.
1: So let's listen to Running With My Utes right now so people can get a, a feel for what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and
2: then I want to know if you're ever going to make a Ty Detmer and BYU offense song.
3: I can.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah, let's take it back to 1998. 1998 when the Utah running Utes. When the Utah running Utes. You know, you, you know. I be running with my Utes. I be stunning in a coupe. Andre Miller, Aleut Van horn to the hoop, I be running with my youth, I'll be stunning in a coop, Doly yak, bullet pass, slam dunk, how I shoot, I, I be running with my youth, I'll be stunning in a coup. Andre Miller, Alec Oop, Van Horn to the hoop. I be running with my youth, I'll be stunning in a coop. Doly yak bullet pass, slam dunk, how I shoot. Yeah, I- 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 pack 12, ain't talking bullets, just talking duds. We number one that City. we stopping now. That Majorist, we running route. I bleed red, I bleed black. Ain't talking blue. I, I rock with you. Ooh, I'm Salt Lake and y'all play faking. I'm big bogey when I'm coming through. I'm slept on, no sandman. I'm Van Horn with a stance man. I stand tall, that doliac. I'm final four. I'm dancing. I win not grit don't need pity, got a city whip and no prime time, my prime time, I'm top ten in your all time. Andre Miller, I got the shot and I got the pass when I got the rock. I'm Van Hole, cause I pick and pop. That trend setter ain't talking socks. I'm running with my youth. First place, y'all caboose. I'm majorist, I master this. Hall of Famer's make the you, you know. I'll be running with my youth, I'll be stunning in a Do you hoop? I
3: used to I used to hoop, you know, back in like you know, when I was like eight uh, before I went to four.
1: Do you think that uh, some of the Utah, the running youths, can be listening to this as like their hype song before they go out? They're going to need a lot of hype this oh, year.
3: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, that, Um, the whole Pac 12 conference is going to need a lot of hype this year. <laughs> Maybe you need a song
1: for the Pac 12. <laughs> yes, hey,
3: that's, that's my vision, you know, just to make songs and go uh, corporate with it.
1: No, but for real, though, the, the Utes, what if they lost three of their top four leading scorers from last year? Mm-hmm. Th- they're going to need a song. Yeah. So either you got to put this in the locker room or you got to make a whole new one.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm working on a new one for them, actually. Yeah. That's uh, dope. Does Coach Sorry. K got to approve it or uh, where's the. Um, actually, uh, it's, it's the marketing director. Okay. Yeah. The running Utes, marketing director for the basketball program. You know, they want to do some big thing for this season.
2: You know? So when's the? I know this Tuesday, the seventeenth of October, is the night with the Running Utes. Yes, Big Pac Twelve Network mm-hmm. show. Are you going to be there? What are your thoughts about uh, the Running Utes and basketball overall for the camp conferences here?
3: Um, I won't be there. I'll probably be at their games um, in December. Uh-huh. You know, because they haven't. They don't have a Pac Twelve game. I think into, a pack Twelve home game until I think January. Yeah. So um, I might be out there with them for that, but in terms of the youth basketball program, I just feel that they are doing a lot of work from a recruiting standpoint, from an NBA draft standpoint um, in the Pac-12. Like, you are selling the third most ticket sales in the Pac-12 for basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in, ter- in terms of... Um, venue uh, people going to the games they do well when big games are here
2: uh it's a diehard uh basketball state and definitely city but i have a lot of concerns about the audience um and we were talking off there about this it's an older audience oh yeah Um,
3: i i agree um to be honest i feel that the youths um, in an ideal situation, in an ideal world, I think that they will need to have like a player that's like a Gordon Hayward, where fits the Utah older crowd image. You know,
1: like the older crowd. Like I, to me, Gordon Hayward bridged like the older crowd and the younger crowd. Yes. Like he didn't have really that much swag mm-hmm. for the younger crowd. Oh, it was the, Yeah. I think it was the hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, he had just enough to kind of bridge that gap and bring yeah. together the young and the new. Something I wish, you know, Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. He has blown up since he's been with the Lakers. Yeah. And if he was that good, because he's gotten a lot better during the offseason. Yeah. If he was that good and had that much, you know, showed that much hype and everything while he was at Utah, that would have been a whole another story. Yeah. So I think I, – I agree with you. Utah needs that player. They don't have – to me this year, they don't have that key player mm-hmm. um, since they're going through kind of a rebuilding phase. But if you ask Coach K, he said this is one of his best teams that he's had. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But to me, they just don't have that standout superstar this well, year. Well, they're not paying
2: money. And that's the truth. And Coach K said that, you know, he – on a Pac-12 media day for basketball – Two days ago, he said he was talking to a coach and he said, If you're not cheating, then you're cheating yourself.
1: Yeah, well, the the issue I have with Coach K is when they had their media day here, um, what was it, two weeks ago for men's basketball, he spoke he about the whole paying players and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. He there better be nothing going on at the University of Utah that's wrong. I mean absolutely zero problems. Because the way he spoke out, he spoke out like he knew every single thing that was going on, even that wasn't under He's his umbrella. He's mad as hell. Yeah, yes. But what I'm saying is if you are going to make those comments that you made, you better hope your university is in tip-top shape and nothing at all is going like on.
2: How is Sean Miller allowed to coach this year? All how I'm, is USC allowed to play this year?
1: All I'm saying, I'm not talking about them. All I'm saying is that if you have somebody like Coach Case speaking out the way he did— you better be 100% clean. Why at your do you think school? half his
2: team's gone? And I'm not going to say why that team's gone, but there was a lot of nonsense going on in that program, and you don't just get rid of a Devin Daniels who's an NBA talent. He will get drafted in the league. You don't ship him across America because you're a dirty program.
1: No, but we don't know why. We I do. We we officially can't say why because we're not supposed to know or don't know. So you can't really just sit there and put something out if we can't explain it.
3: Fair enough. And I feel Coach K. Um, I feel he could be the next Urban Meyer of mm. college basketball. I feel that he's grooming a team right now, and eventually, in time, he's grooming he's grooming NBA prospects, NBA draftees, NBA players, and I just feel that you know Utah. They could be a building. They could be a strong team in the Pac-12, and you know he'll have a lot of success in the Pac-12. But can they keep him?
1: I think I don't uh, think he's going anywhere. I think he's it's got a question a sweet, of do
2: they fire him?
1: I think he's not going anywhere. He's got a pretty sweet gig. I mean, but why would they fire him? They're going into he can't their, recruit. Yeah, but they're going into their fifth consecutive season with twenty uh, overall wins.
2: Okay, so nine between nine and eleven on uh, Nine and a, between nine and eleven games are a win. Based on, I mean, they have horrendous non-conference scheduling, which is why they couldn't make the tournament last year and had to go to the NIT because their RPI is, you know, closer to 100 than it is to 50. And when I say they can't recruit, yeah, they've got NBA talent, but they're not bringing in four-star athletes. It's kind of what Utah's always done with football: is you take your three stars and two stars, and you the Eric Weddles and type kids. But it's a boring product. It's not what the Ducks do. It's not what UCLA does. It's not what Washington does where, you know, you, you rip it and grip it and run and dunk. and.
1: But I think you're in a state that's, I don't want to say okay with it, but for a lack of a better term, it's like people. But
2: unless it's Oregon or Washington or Lonzo Ball coming in, no one's going to the games.
1: He, we just said they have the third. But
2: no one goes to basketball in the Pac-12.
1: But you have the – people are still going. If you're selling tickets, it may not be the people that you want, but people are still going. And you can say the same thing for Coach Whittingham. He hasn't won what – he doesn't have a Pac-12 South championship right now. He doesn't have any of that. We keep going to the Vegas Bowl. The youths keep going to the Vegas Bowl. So, I mean, he doesn't have the problem with recruiting that the basketball team has. But, hey, dude, you're not getting championships. So are they going to let Coach Whit go?
2: Yeah, they've – certainly have talked about it in the past it's <laughs> yeah but a his, new suite, thing. his new sweet
1: his new sweet deal he's not going anywhere yeah. so
2: and i'm, I'm not i it, i don't i'm not trying to bash on utah basketball but there's just been a lot of nonsense going on in the last couple of years and it and i i've watched and been on the floor of every single game for the last two years and 90 percent of the games for the last five years and It's a dwindling audience. It's a boring product. It's, you know, it's like when I get to watch Oregon come in and you get to watch UCLA, it's like, holy cow, this is refreshing. This is entertainment. This is new wave basketball. And Utah cannot compete against Oregon, and they cannot compete against the UCLAs. And I know that they only lost by a point or two last year, but UCLA wasn't a great team. But I guess you should take UCLA At Arizona. Utah cannot compete against Arizona and Oregon in recruiting, in marketing, in anything they're doing. And I'd like to see that change as an alumni of the University of Utah and someone that's been watching that program forever and ever. And, but when you're just kicking away three players every single year and, you know, you can't keep kids that aren't ready for the NBA because Kuzma's not. You know, Kuzma wasn't ready for the NBA. Uh, Jakob Purtle wasn't ready for the NBA. Jakob can't even get on the court.
1: No, but did.
2: And neither can another young man. I can and, say
1: this for myself: we didn't think, or I didn't think, Kyle Kuzma was going to be this great. Like he's not so good. far, he, uh yeah, he is. He's making more buzz right now than Lonzo Ball. Yeah, surprised. but that's
2: LA media hype. That's no, not, that's
1: that's right, not we, will just see, LA media. we will see.
2: We will see. Give it give 25 minutes. That's not just minutes. L.A.
1: media because right. you have people who don't even – never knew who Kyle Kuzma was. Didn't even know that he went to the University of Utah mm-hmm. until he's playing right now in preseason games and earning a starting spot. Like, that's not just L.A. media. I have people that are talking to me like, who the heck is Kyle Kuzma? He was at the University of Utah. Was he that good? I never heard of him. No, he wasn't that good at the University of Utah.
2: I can't wait to watch Kevin Durant and LeBron James and James Harden play against that man.
1: It'll be interesting. But, hey, just because it's his first year in the league, I'm not saying that he's like a bona fide superstar. I'm just saying that he's put in a lot of work during the offseason. He's a lot better than what I personally thought he would be. And I think it's good. Great. Great buzz for University of Utah. Yeah. because you have people that it is you have people asking this is who they brought out of the University of Utah well who else do they have mm, sorry nobody but i mean well i don't want to say nobody but it's just he's dope and i think it's great buzz for the University of Utah and maybe that'll help their audience maybe something like that will help their fan base who knows
3: yeah and going back to what you said about LA media you know um Oregon Washington you know these are these are states, these are schools that people down south want to play ball at because how the school, how the state is branded. And
2: there are also Nike
3: schools. Nike schools. That's the, a big factor look in at basketball. The, look at the Utah Jazz. They can't recruit talent here mm. and a professional team. It's not because of the organization. It's because of the state. People feel that, oh. Utah's racist, yeah. that's what. They, there's nothing to do in Utah. That's what there's they think. There's, there's nothing to do. Whatsoever, whatsoever, and it's frustrating to me because I'm like, honestly, there's a lot to do, but the state needs to brand it because a recruit would come to Utah because you know, because of the history, the program, whatever. But they, there's the, I, should I go to Arizona State or Utah? Mm. If I if I'm from a whole different world, you know, am I gonna go to a weed smoking state or Utah? They might have a worse school but you're a little more free to do yeah. what you want to do. So it's it's just one of those things. And I just feel that Utah needs to brand themselves, not the school, the state.
1: And I think, you know, I've seen like the, what is it called? Like the SLC nightlife or what is it called? Like something mm-hmm. campaign that they're doing to try to tell people that there is nightlife here or just things to do here. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that is enough. But
2: that's not what the le- legislators want. Here's a great example of, The state not getting behind the University of Utah. The second Coach K got rid of the BYU basketball game, the legislators hit him with a a major tax case.
1: And that's the thing. We were talking about that before we came in here. Utah wants the businesses to come, but they don't want to give up things that the businesses want.
2: And they don't want to pay for great, you, you know, the cost of living here versus what people are paid. You know, my job's almost double in California. Your job... Pay wise is almost double in bigger cities. One of the things that the Silicon Slopes is having issue with, and I don't want to bash on Utah too much, but they're having a hard time getting qualified candidates because they're not paying what a tech kid can get in San Francisco or can get in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we're way behind in a lot of aspects of showing the greatness of yeah. Utah. And you're right,
1: you're right. It's sad because I think I don't know what Utah's money looks like, but it seems like Utah has the money. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's just it's tough like one thing that about the nightlife. I had an event out here. We booked Trinidad James and artists. I I do booking of artists yeah. at Elevate. And this event trended on Sports Nation because one of the guys was like, "Oh, there's nothing doing in Utah. Artists they don't It was during the Golden State versus um Jazz playoffs. They're like these artists sorry, these players they want to come in Utah, play and then go home. There's nothing to do, and they're saying that there is nightlife in Utah. But, you know, why don't they wanna stay in Utah? Why don't they wanna see the mountains and see this and experience that? Because it's branded like Utah's not cool, you know? And with my music, I wanna show that these Mountain West cities, these sports teams, you can get love in these towns. You know, you may not believe it, but see it for yourself.
1: You know what you have to do is do a marketing video of like Donovan Mitchell. Like just skiing down the mountain or something, (laughs) like in his jazz jersey, like something like that. Because people are gonna be like, wow, he skis, I gotta ski. Yeah, let's go to Utah.
3: And it could be that mental stigma. Like, if you, if Utah doesn't want to embrace this, someone told me that Utah they're happy with if the Jazz made the playoffs every year and lose in the. mm, And they lose, you know, in the semis. That's
1: what I I was trying to say earlier. They're content. Fans are content. They're cool with it. You know, like, in Atlanta, the Falcons
3: could be – they could suck. They could stink that year. But it's like, all right, next year, Super Bowl. Like, it's like, we expect that. You know, we expect Stanley Cups. Like, the Braves, we expect – like, we can't sell out playoff games in Atlanta because they expect, okay, no, we're going to come when you guys are in – the, um I guess the one before the World Series. Like, we'll come then. We don't care about these first ones mm. because you've disappointed
1: us. Yeah. We got better things to do. Yeah, it Atlanta. yeah. we watched Calou's
2: <laughs> six World Series. Yeah. I'ma go watch
1: Eleven Hip Hop. Have you been on that show? I've been on
3: it once, but it was never aired. because um, when I was working doing public relations, we went to one of the venues and I, I that's when I realized all this stuff is all staged. So they had a artist named um Stevie J and his um Stevie J Stevie? and his um his uh I guess girlfriend wife. Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Oh,
1: <laughs> and listen, wait, let's before we even go, I do not watch this show anymore. Okay? But I still know. Okay, Continue. Okay.
3: So we had to go to a venue, like, you know, this club and or not just like not a club, like this um like this restaurant we can order drinks at. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and he was there, but she didn't show up. They're like, All right, we're not filming. Because, Cause she's cause the they, whole thing. Yeah, they want like They want to see some drama thing happen. I'm like, okay, maybe wait three hours and sorry, we're not filming. All right, never again. You know, never again. So, yeah. It's just uh, one of those things, you know, at certain markets like L.A., they just gravitate. They're going to support their team or support their lifestyle. Like, think of it, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. That is a fraction of Atlanta, a segment Mm -hmm. of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Utah, I can't think of anything on a – on tv that's about utah
1: that's what i said you there needs to be like a utah housewives or something you know the one thing that i heard my mom was like joey like
3: i hear that there's um a huge pill popping community she watched something on um abc about Mo mothers and draper i was like mom, utah is more than just
1: that but that's what she thinks it's, yeah it's on the news it's because it's what you see yeah it's on your agenda and that's what you remember <laughs> Sasha, you know we're gonna move on before because I uh uh-uh. uh I ain't
3: got nothing to <laughs> say. No,
1: no. Did you watch the Utes lose to USC?
3: Yes, I watched it yesterday. Um, I had an event yesterday, and I watched it, and I was like, okay. And it was tough the weekend before when they lost to uh, Stanford. Stanford, and they could have beat Stanford if they would have, you know, been consistent with the scoring. But it's tough because they lost back to back Pac-12 conference games. Yeah, they're one and two.
1: The thing I have, and I kept thinking about this all night, do you go for two at the end? You're on the road, do you go for two, or do you just tie it and take your chances in overtime? The reason I'm going back and forth with this is because Utah sucks in red zone efficiency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they this absolutely year. yes, this year the the game was yes, so they suck in red zone efficiency, yeah, so ooh, I don't know about taking my chances going for two. If it was another team and I was and I had a high percentage in red zone efficiency, then yes, I would go for two. But then I don't know if I would take my chances in overtime because the way the Utes were playing in the second half, it was terrible. Their yeah. first half performance, that was great. And that was the first time I thought to myself, I was like, wow, their offense looks better than their defense. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> I really never thought I'd say that, but I was like, "Yo, their offense looks dope, way better than their defense right now."
2: But well, this is a rebuilding year. Everyone knew it. Um, to be one point worse than USC is a beautiful thing for See, content. Mm. Mm. No, <laughs> because it is a re- they, they, There's no linebackers that are worth anything with Fitz being on mm-hmm. the line. And it's not that they're not going to be good. They're just all freshmen. And they're still building their bodies and still trying to wake up, learn how to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and, you know, complete tasks on a day-to-day basis. This team is going to be a major, major contender, if not a bowl contender in the next two to three years. And with Tuttle coming in, um, I think that you're going to – and to go back on this conversation, I think that – I'm not sure that fans are as content as we think. You know, and I think that's why fans don't go to the men's basketball game.
1: I think w- why I say that is because I think of the Jazz in the playoffs last year, and it was just like, "Oh, who but, cares if we don't win?" But no one's we made gonna beat playoffs. no
2: one's gonna beat the thun- the Golden State Warriors. No,
1: but who thought that the Jazz were gonna make it to the second round? A lot of people didn't. A lot of people mm-hmm. that I ran into here were just telling me that they were, they were like, "It's great, yeah. we're making it to the playoffs." I said, "Well, the Jazz aren't gonna win the championship. Who cares?" We made it to the playoffs. Do you know how big that is? Like, so it's just, and maybe content is the wrong word, but satisfied. Maybe I'll use that word instead. A lot of fans that I run into seem to me to be satisfied with the Utah Jazz made it to the playoffs.
2: Well, I I think it sucks to be an NBA fan if you're not in a super city.
1: Oh, yeah. Then
3: again, it could be better because, you know, in a big city like Atlanta, I went to Hawks games when they weren't even in the playoffs. But when they are in the playoffs, you know, we started gravitating more and more and more and more. But here there's a fan, like, there's a historic fan base, you know. And I just feel that the Jazz need to connect their history to the modern, to the new history. Like, you have this, even going back to logos, why do you have this, why do you have a navy blue, hunter green, logo <laughs> bring it back to the purple you like the purple well it sells fans are saying yeah. bring back the fans purple. like the petition, old school petition petition i don't understand it okay yeah you have the 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 same text from mm. the 80s but it's not the 80s colors
1: because it's a new era they want it to be a new era yeah. but to me your history that's when you guys were the best yeah. that's what my that's what my dad loved the jazz yeah like it was kind of weird they were violent the game was different well that's what he said he was just like they weren't soft Mm. they were tough Mm. and you don't get that a lot nowadays but he was just like the jazz were it there was
2: there's only one soft player on the jazz in the last eight years and he's in boston now so oh Oh, oh, god hopefully we'll see (laughs) uh, here we go oh i take mitchell over hayward any day of the week mm.
1: Okay, but then again, it just, why, why Donovan Mitchell, if he hasn't proved himself yet? Because just, he's not just, Gordon Hayward. Hold on, just like a Kyle Kuzma.
2: If you're going to... Okay, one, one came out of high school as one of the 15 best players in the country, probably. I imagine he was a top 25 recruit since he was uh, Team Adidas.
1: Go ahead. We're not going to throw shade. We're not going to throw shade.
2: Yeah, oh wait till we we're gonna do a whole episode on Louis, Louisville basketball. First of don't all, it. I don't
1: know who Louisville is, but mm. we can do an episode on them. I know who Louisville is. <laughs> <They're extinct. laughs> I know who they are, but you know, we're not gonna get into that right now. Joey, I don't wanna put you in the middle of all that, okay? Because <laughs> there's gonna Dad be Titans. some curse words, mm. there's gonna be all this and that going on. Don't oh, wanna boy. don't want that on your brand. Yes. So we're just gonna move past that. But with the jazz, do you think that since we haven't talked to you about this yet, how do you think Gordon Hayward handled that whole situation?
3: I think he handled it very passively. <laughs> like, you you wrote a detailed letter and all these things, letter to the city, letter to the fans. I didn't read it, so I I, <laughs> I wasn't buying it. You know, like, the thing is, I heard two different sides of it. People say that the Jazz could have kept him. They would have gave him that contract extension years ago and i just feel hey he i feel he handled it in a way that fit that fits him where he's like all right um here's my letter and i want nothing else to do with utah jazz i'm follow you all yeah. on instagram unfollow bam
1: to me it kind of unfollowed because, the jazz yeah it kind of sucked because it was just like he was like you said, it, he was like, oh, I haven't reached my decision yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I can't sleep because I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. This is so tough for me. You couldn't sleep because you were trying to write that letter. Like, to me, you knew what you were going to do because it takes time to write a letter. Yeah. Yeah. And then you give it to somebody and then you had a planned time to drop it
4: mm-hmm.
1: on the Players Union website. Like, come on, dude. You knew what you, you knew what your decision was. Why did you let them waste all that money flying to San Diego? Yeah. You should have just picked up the phone and was like, you know what? Don't even waste your time. Put the wheels down to the jet. I ain't staying with the Jazz. I'm going to Boston.
3: And I think that's one thing. Like, I didn't want Gordon to make the All-Star team last year. I figured He didn't deserve to make it. I figured if he did, he was not going to stay. And because I, fi- I feel that the Jazz fans and the Jazz community wanted to focus on having Hayward be an All-Star that was bigger than the playoffs. Oh, he's an all-star. Okay, that's cool. But you groom this this athlete that now other teams want him to be a part of their team.
1: So what do you feel about the new way that they're going to be doing the all-star game and let the captains uh, pick? There's going to be, like, no more east-west. You know. So it's is like, Gordon going to be yeah.
2: the last one picked every year?
1: Gordon's not even going to be picked. <laughs>
2: oh, he'll be picked in the year.
1: Well, the East has no one to play, so probably Gordon Hayward will get on the team. There's no more Eastern Conference. This is going
3: to be the last one picked. This is going to be beautiful. I think this is going to be one of those. uh, It's going to lead to um, fraternizing in the NBA.
1: I think it's just like it's another way of doing a super team, but in a way. Because to me, it's like you're just picking all your friends. Yeah. Like, ooh, I like him. He's going to be on my team. It's like the whole Banana Boat crew is going to be on a team. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I have issues with the Banana Boat crew, but I just do.
3: <laughs> I think it could backfire years from now when it comes to um, collective bargaining issues or um, resigning certain players because um, certain players, they're cool with these athletes outside of the game. You know? Like back in the 90s, 80s, 2000s, I'd, early, I'll res- they were like, I respect you, but when it's game time, it's game time. We're not handshaking, we're not this, we're not that. And I feel that this new all star game setup is gonna lead to some issues where certain players can do indirect recruiting. Yo, so how's how's it's gonna playing? get clicky.
1: Yeah. How's well, it- the NBA is already clicky, mm-hmm. so it's just gonna get worse. It's just going to get worse. It's just like with the super teams. Let me read what Michael Jordan said um, in response to one of the, what was it, a Cigar magazine asking Mm -hmm. him about super teams. He said, I think it's going to hurt the overall aspect of the league from a competitive standpoint. You're going to have one or two teams that are going to be great and another 28 teams that are going to be garbage, Mm -hmm. or they're going to have enough time a tough time surviving in the business environment. So – I don't know, just with the whole super teams and then you're picking your best friends to play, you know, on your team. Like, it's just kind of weird. It's just, to me, you wouldn't have seen that, like, OG Malone. You wouldn't have seen OG Malone, like, trying to team up with his best friends. Nah, your best friends are usually the ones who are either better than you or you're better than, you know, some sort of competitive component and you want to play against them and annihilate them.
2: Well, maybe with all the restructuring of what's going to happen with AAU basketball and the NCAA, we might start seeing a a renewed uh, game because something's not going to work right. If there's scandal and scandal and scandal in the NCAA and then there's all this weirdness going on in the NBA, at some point the game's going to collapse on itself. And I think it's too great of a game and there's too many people that are passionate about it to see that happen. So hopefully we get some reform. Hopefully we get some new directors just like the United States national team. Mm-hmm. Like at some point we got to start getting rid of these old school heads um that are in charge of everything.
1: But the thing is what's so different about the NBA is that it's a players league. It's not it is the players control a lot of things. Yes, you have the owners and this and that, mm-hmm. but the NBA players have a lot more leeway than your football players do. It's completely opposite of what college is, you know, like you can't even compare. That's apples and oranges. Yeah. So I don't know. It is gonna be interesting. No, but they're
2: all the same kids of power from high school to the but, it's all the same thing. But folks. you
1: it doesn't matter because when you're in the NBA, it's your league. It's yes, you still have to answer to the owners and everything, but if LeBron James was in the NFL,
2: yeah.
1: it it. it what he tweets out right now, it'd be he wouldn't a lot. Be famous, he wouldn't, yeah. yeah, it'd be a lot different than if he was in the NFL. So it doesn't matter. You have your players in high school, college, whatever. They can't with this whole scandal going on, paying players, and blah 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 blah. That completely changes when you get to the NBA. It's not the same rules. So I I don't know. I, I am interested, like you said, to see how this is going to fare out and if it's going to be a domino effect. But by the time you hit the NBA it's all said and done it's just like you're not going to i don't know it's just like with reggie bush what what consequences did he have when he went to the nfl none yeah. it's all on the college players and you're not there anymore you're like reggie bush wasn't there anymore like so what, everyone they, else got punished yeah everyone else they got took punished his Heisman. i mean that's pretty who cares he's making he's making money i mean yeah it it kind of sucks they yeah Yeah. they took your heisman but at the end of the day you got a whole his fireplace mantle
2: is bare yeah yeah (laughs) but you can buy one like you can
1: have someone make you one with all that money like so i don't really think at the end of the day yeah it's embarrassing but you ain't hurting
2: well we'll keep this conversation going i want to wrap up here in just a second but i have a question what was it like to watch joe johnson play when you were when he was in his prime because utah missed that
3: all right um first of all he's my one of my favorite modern day i got i was excited when he when the, when the hawks got him from a uh, phoenix uh-huh. watching him play from 2005 to 2012 was very special like um i knew he was going to be an all-star like the second he got to the team 2007 he became an all-star but 2008 playoffs it was the hawks versus the Celtics uh-huh. uh, when kg went to the Celtics i was there and I went to every home game. I'm like, it's going to be seven games. They're like, no, it's not. We're going to get swept. It's going to be seven games. Why? Because we have Joe Johnson wait till the playoffs, shooting lights out at home. Yes. On, on, on the road, he's not that good when there's pressure. But watching him play 20 points a game plus eight dimes, 10 dimes, like he was so like inconsistent, but at the same time, Consistent. He's know, what like, the
1: Jazz needed.
3: Yeah, yeah. And when he came to the Jazz, I was like, wow, because he's a player that I feel that the league did not fully appreciate. But people like LeBron, Carmelo, they respect. Joe Michael Johnson. Jordan
2: did. He gave him a contract deal. Yeah.
3: It, it was great times with the Hawks, and he rejuvenated Hawks basketball. Honestly, because before it was just stories of just Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. We you know we didn't have that '90s how you guys have Malone and Stockton and Hornets, like the Hawks don't have that history. Yeah, we have Matombo, but it's not like they brought <laughs> something to it. But Joe Johnson, he set up, He he created history in Atlanta where we were in playoff droughts for years, brought people. Is he a Hall of Famer? And
2: if we recalibrated the 50 greatest NBA players, is he on that list or is he outside of that list?
3: Uh, I think Joe Johnson, I want him to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think he will because of his personality. He's a very reserved, soft-spoken person. Um, If he was flamboyant, loud, like, his personality plus his stats would help him get in. You Mm. know? Or a championship. You think
1: he's underrated?
3: Yeah, I think he's like a Mitch Richmond without a ring. Ah. You know? Ah. That's a good –
1: <laughs> Mitch was
3: good. He was a good
2: basketball player. That's
1: one player you like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Cedric Sabalas fan too. Really? Eddie Jones, Nick yeah. Van Exel, yeah.
1: Yeah. We still have to do our uh, list of players that you hate. I feel like we're going to be here a while for that. <laughs> Not today though. So before we go to, I want to uh, know where everybody can find you on social media and also tell us uh, some of the things that you're working on.
3: Yes, um, social media, you can find me at uh, www.joeybraxton.com, and that's my .com. On Twitter, Joey Braxton RG. Instagram, Facebook, just Joey Braxton, J-O-E-Y-B-R-A-X-T-O-N. Same thing on YouTube. Um, Upcoming projects, uh, you know, I'll be having some sports songs coming out. I record a song for the Utah Grizzlies hockey team. Um, New song for the Utes. More sports songs. I'll be having more visuals with the sports songs as well. I'm. I'll be doing a lot of more tours in terms of you know music tours as well, but more like I'm getting into the whole college type of demographic with these pub crawls, That's bar smart. crawls, because I figure I could brand myself in these niches and these niches, you know, <laughs> through these. So I'm just working on different avenues to just cross promote my brand and touch different people through those through that branding.
1: So, well, let us know when your shows are because we'd love to come out and support. All right. Definitely. Um, and I know, Sasha, I uh, sent you a song for the outro, but can we go out to his OG Malone?
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. I, did you send that one? Because I got the yeah, BYU
1: Yeah, it's on one. his email. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I'll wait till. Or, no, you can oh, do I'll
3: that. Up, so I'll put it in post. How about All that? right. Yeah. yeah. You can do the BYU and roll out with that. Danny Ainge, legend. It is funny, man. It's a beautiful song. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's it for us. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here, Joey Braxton. Yes, Go ahead you. and follow us Yes. on utahpodcastnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter, droppingdimes underscore. You can find me at bjohnsonabc4. Sasha, do you want to be found or nah? Nah. All right. That's it. Thank you so much.
3: Yes, droppingdimes, Stockton.
4: Jordan everybody wanna be Kobe, but I just wanna be uh y'all know Just wanna, wanna be OG, OG below yeah. I be that 3-2, that OG That stand tall with a gold teeth That truly nigga with the jazz fashion That jiggy nigga, that thrift lavish wind windbreakers and throwbacks some gold ropes, cowboy hat That snapback in the backpack With a bad chick that stays track With the gold chains and the gold mane With the great fires, I'm so wave I kill the game, it's so grave I'm heat wave to your new flame My ring blings, ain't talking marriage Ain't talking diamonds, no and carriage I'm ferricide to your Fahrenheit I'm pesticide to your parasite I'm in my zone with a home alone Macaulay coking, y'all steady joking. I've been real, no handouts, just crunch time, no timeout. I'm OG Malone, that postman on your postman. but is steal your girl, then pose man on an Instagram and a postman I Damn OG Malone That mailman that go get I be OG Malone That flex hard that all of it. I be OG Malone